0: I have one cold hand how does that that must mean the circulation to one hand is not as good as the other it is my right hand which I guess is is your heart's on your left side I think so So, the hand that is furthest from my heart being colder sort of makes sense but doesn't really That's, I, as I've started the last few episodes I know you don't care I know I just, I have to start, this is exactly, so the stumbling that's happening right now is me formulating my beginning, which I should do before I press go, but then at the same time, isn't this the reality, that that sort of, the difference between like a proper news show and, and what you would want in the podcasting world is that sort of raw reality of knowing that the presenter of the news has one cold hand and is trying to figure out why. Mask mandates uh, are in the news a little bit. Japan has relaxed its mask guidelines. So before it was basically wear a mask everywhere. And in Japan, it wasn't a strange thing for people to wear masks. So there was a huge compliance rate right off the start. It was not a political issue. It was not about freedom or anything like that. It was just like, you know what? There's a disease. Wearing masks makes it go less fast. It's not as communicable. Yeah, we'll wear a mask there were a few people who didn't we'll hear about them in a minute they've relaxed the guidelines so basically if you're out in the open and you stand far away from people you don't have to wear a mask i stopped wearing a mask while walking dave and again because i'm out in the countryside there's no one around i basically walk past some people but we don't talk we don't stop so i figure that is pretty safe uh A big city like Tokyo, if I was walking around there, I'd probably wear a mask because there's just going to be people everywhere all the time. Uh, Once I get on the train, mask on. Once I'm at work, my work is kind of mandatory, which is fine. I don't argue with it. They want to keep everyone who's within that building safe. But they've relaxed guidelines, and then they did a survey, and 18% didn't know there were guidelines. So 18% of the people surveyed, it was like 1,000 people, 18% of the people were like, what? I was just doing sort of like what everyone else was doing. I didn't know the government had actually said what's a good idea and what's a bad idea. Uh, so that's how clued in people are. You would assume actually that those are the people who don't wear masks, the people who don't pay attention. But what they're really doing is just succumbing to social pressure. And again, it's not a political issue in Japan. It's like, this is good for you, it's safe. People have been wearing masks during allergy season and cold and flu season for years and years and years. Since, certainly since I came to Japan 20 years ago. So wearing a mask during a global pandemic probably wasn't even a thought. So 18% though didn't even realize the government had said like what you should and should not do. 40% know that there are guidelines, but don't know the details. So yeah, I know the government put out guidelines, but I'm not going to like look them up or anything. I'm not going to find out what they are. So off we go. I'm going to wear a mask. So again, most people are wearing a mask anyways. That's hitting a majority of the guidelines, because the guidelines are just saying where and when. I am in that 40% because even though I know there are mask guidelines, I didn't bother to look it up. Even after looking at this story, I didn't go and look up the guidelines. So I actually, right now, in all sincerity, cannot tell you specifically what the guidelines are. I know they did say, like, if you're walking around outside, you don't have to wear a mask. Uh, But a lot of people do. Good on them for for doing what they think is going to keep them safe. 72% 72% of people in Japan surveyed... Oh, well, again, this is a 1,000 people, which I think is not a big enough sample size to talk about the entire population of Japan. But 72% of the people surveyed said "Drop the mask entirely. Like, the pandemic's finished, we're done. This is a reckless attitude, as far as I'm concerned, because we are in this mass fluctuation of cases. I follow the cases daily, and it goes from a couple thousand to a 100,000, down to a couple thousand. Like, it's, it's just massive. It's... Clearly, there are enough variants, there's enough disparity in the types that some aren't having a big impact where others are making you really, really sick. you got to be really careful. So I don't think we should be dropping the mask yet. I think in public places, when it's crowded, so the train and probably in your office, you should still be wearing a mask just for safety. And you should keep wearing the mask until Corona is not a big enough issue. But that's what we're in year three. It's, I, this, this might be their attitude. It's just here, it's part of our lives now, we can't avoid it, uh, so why even bother? But that's the, bothering is the part that might actually make it go away. That's actually the, my concern, is that if you stop wearing the mask and it spreads around more, we get more variants, more mutations, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So there were 68 trainee Buddhist monks so they go to a temple. This is kind of like their exam. I don't know what a, a Buddhist exam would be like. It'd be like they give you a blank piece of paper and then you hand it back in with nothing on it. And that's that's a pass test. I just had that idea now. It's pretty funny. In Kyoto, they were doing temple training, which includes chanting and listening to lectures and a lot of stuff I would not want to do, which is why I didn't end up in the priesthood in any form. I guess monkhood in this case. Uh, one got a fever on December 6th and they took a PCR test and he was negative, but they sent him home, and then he showed up positive the next day. That's exactly what happened to me. The evening I thought I had COVID, I took a test and it was negative. I woke up the next morning, I took the same test, not the exact same test because that would already be used. I took this, took a test, um, a home like a home test, and it said positive. They all did testing. All sixty-eight trainee monks did testing before this like retreat training sessions began. And they were all negative. By December 8th, more than 30 of them, so more than half the trainee monks had got COVID. Which would imply to me that they were not wearing masks while chanting and other things. And they were eating together and they were sleeping in the same room. So of course they got it and i don't i don't think they deserve to be punished and like this is they they thought they were safe and they were they seemed to be following all the guidelines like they did social distancing and stuff and they they put the futons they were sleeping on farther apart but it wasn't enough so yeah i'm wondering if they wore masks but at the end of the day Buddha didn't protect them but maybe that's i'm trying to come up with like an uh, like an idiom or a treatise in the moment and it's not going to happen it's like Buddha protects those who wear their own masks from the dangers of communicable diseases. Didn't really roll off the tongue. Like I was hoping it would. This is an update. There was a man who it's like a year ago, maybe even more. He was sort of an anti-masker and he got on a peach flight and he refused to wear his mask and the pilot got basically so pissed and all the passengers, they had an unscheduled stop. So this hits our obstruction of business. Uh, I'm going to put the counter up there in the corner, uh, in post. So people watching live on Twitch will not see. It. But from now on, we're going to have an obstruction of business counter. Every time we have an obstruction of business arrest, doesn't mean that they get convicted. But if we get that arrest, it's going to go. We're going to put a counter up there. So this is the first one, and it's good, because this is a guy who's been on Ninja News Japan at least three or four times, because he is a constant entity. He stopped the Peach flight. I know he refused to wear a mask in a restaurant. He got into a fight with the staff. uh, And he's sort of an anti-masker. And he's clearly making these issues to try to get media attention. Or he's just a dick. It's actually hard to tell at this point. So he was arrested for obstruction of business. His trial has ended. He's been found guilty of obstruction of business and injuring a flight attendant. Now, there was a scuffle. Injure might be a bit generous from what I read, but you could, it's still assault. Even if you don't really hurt the person, you can still assault them. So that's probably just a a Japanese way of saying assault. I actually haven't looked at enough of the laws to know. I guess they don't. They're not going to use the same verbiage. They're not going to use the same words, even for the same crimes as other countries, when you translate them. You're going to translate it more directly so you have an understanding of what the actual crime is. So injuring a flight intensive probably just grabbed her or, or pushed them or something. Because there were no reports of the earlier stories of someone going to hospital or anything serious. So it couldn't have been that bad. I mean, you knock someone over, though, that's assault. So I the, the most interesting part, as is always the case, is what is the punishment for not wearing a mask and you know having an entire airplane land unscheduled? And it's 100% your fault because you're just being a doofus. It's two years imprisonment, but that is suspended for four years. So basically, he will not have to go to prison if he can stay out of trouble for four years. But if he gets in trouble in any way over the next four years, he's going to have to go and do two years of prison. So that's going to be hanging over his head. It's interesting because this personality type, six months out, is going to forget the threat, I think, of the, the going to prison. I'm not, I can't guarantee it, but I like, I have a, 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 an image in my head of this kind of person and they're not the kind of person that backs down even when they know they're going to get in trouble, even when they know they can't win because somewhere deep inside, they think they can still win, which is not the case because now if you get in any trouble for anything, so like littering, he now has to do two years in prison. So it'll be interesting over the next two years, or I guess four years, if Ninja News Japan lasts that long, it'll be interesting over the next three, four years to see if he shows up again, getting in trouble and ending up in prison. A Japanese robotics company is developing spider-like robots. They're actually very cute. So when I heard spider robots, I went to like a cyberpunk, scary looking, all metallic, uh, chrome on the outside with spiky feet crawling around pipes and stuff. Uh, These aren't. These are very cute little red ones with nice little legs. Uh, They looked A lot like toys I played with when I was a kid, like wind-up toys. Uh, This is to maintain the Japanese sewer infrastructure. So Japanese sewer pipes, I I saw a thing where the guy said they have to be replaced basically every 50 years. Uh, A lot of the infrastructure in big cities and stuff is at getting to that point. It's very expensive. So they want to know where like the most important things to fix would be. So they basically created these little spider robots that will go down into the pipes and it has a camera on the front and they go look around. I don't know if it's automatic. I think right now it's being controlled like a drone, but it shoots. I guess they could be autonomous cause they just need to go through pipes. And I just need to, as the like end user need to look at the pipes and sort of review them, but whatever. Uh, If you want to look it up, it's called the SPD-1, and it is so cute. Uh, And it's mainly for inspection purposes. So they're going to have these little robots crawling around the pipes in the sewers in Japan. Um, They used to have wheels, so they were like even cute. It looked like tiny trucks. But the wheels would get stuck in, I assume, poop. So they switched it out to legs that they could pull out of sludge and then walk over sort of sticky materials and stuff more easily. So that's why they end up looking like spiders. And they went with eight legs. So they just like mimicked a spider, which is kind of interesting. So the robot revolution, we, we tend to think of it as being humans create intelligent robots and we oppress them if you go through like all the science fiction stories. Uh, and then they rise up when one or two of them sort of starts to understand that this is wrong and unfair and has its first feelings and whatnot. But I think us literally pooping on them directly. Could be the actual instigation for a robot uprising, because I bet when they realize what's happening that they're being pooped on, they want to put a stop to that as soon as possible. Criminal cases in Japan are at their lowest since World War II. And you might think, well, chunk with beef chest, criminal cases are kind of the bread and butter of Ninja News Japan. Why why are you happy about that? Because I am happy about that, because I don't want crime. I'm actually happy about it because that means lesser. Crimes, less important crimes, get more media attention. So one of the things I've said about Japan, like we get all the panty theft stories. Uh, In a country like America, you would have two things happen at the same time. Someone steals 150 panties and a mass shooting in a school. So on the news, though, you're only going to get the mass shooting on the school. They're not going to talk about the panty guy. Japan being such a safe country with such a low crime rate, those panty stories, the weird stories, the odd stories, are the ones that get media attention, which means they come to my attention, which means I can talk about those things. I'm not talking about school shootings. This is supposed to be a relatively uplifting podcast in that we look at pretty dark stuff, but we make fun of it. Uh, We look at politics, we make fun of it. It's that concept. I'm actually, this is great, because I actually think Lesser, weirder stories will get more media attention, which means I get to spend more time talking about them. Uh, In 2021, it was down 7.5% from the previous year to 568,104 cases. Uh, This is the 19th consecutive year of decrease of crime in Japan. Cybercrime and child abuse, on 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 the other hand, is on the increase 70%, oh, well, and that is being attributed to primarily uh, the pandemic and lockdown and people spending weirdly t- more time with their kids. So they're more abusive towards the kids. Like if you already have an abusive relationship and then you're together more, you end up being more abusive. Cybercrime, kind of obvious. Everyone's on computers. If everyone's on computers, you're going to be, uh, you're going to get more cybercrime. There's more opportunities there. 70% of the cases that go in front of the courts are theft of some sort. So... Thirty percent is sort of like violent crimes and other crimes. Most of it is just theft, which is again, is good because theft most of the time is it's not victimless, but it means people aren't getting physically hurt, which is uh, again, I, I don't want anyone to actually get hurt. Reoffenders remain high, so forty-eight point six percent of people who have committed a crime reoffend in Japan, which is down zero point five percent, but it's one of those things where. Uh, does the criminal system rehabilitate? Does it stop you from reoffending? It looks like the answer is like a fifty-fifty. Um, and then, in reference to our man in the previous story: Is he going to reoffend? Whereas I'm putting money on the fifty percent that says yes. Always bet on reoffending. That's a passenger fifty-seven reference for anyone who's under forty years old. So Japan. Loves its anime. And if you're listening to this podcast, probably you're into anime too. You're into Japanese stuff. You wouldn't come here accidentally and just listen to Japanese news if you didn't have an interest in Japan. Uh, Japan loves its anime. So a lot of advertising is combined with anime to appeal to a broad spectrum of society. Uh, there's been a couple that are specifically aimed towards otaku. The, I know the SDF did one with an anime girl. It's like, you like anime girls, join the army. Not really a consistent message. And then a couple of years ago, there's Uzaki Toa I forget the name. It's Uzaki-chan. Uh, she's got very big boobs as a character. Uh, the poster they put her on was for a blood drive, and they're saying, like, otaku, people who don't normally give blood should come and give blood, and they were using this character to appeal to them. And there was some controversy because uh, there, she has big boobs. Uh, a couple of, I don't know if it was a feminist organization or just a couple of feminists, but they said that this was environmental harassment, so I can't walk around the city, the subway, and not see these sexualized representations of women in anime, and it's offensive to me, and I want to take it down. Which I understand the argument. I don't know if I agree with it or not. I didn't, I saw the posters. Those posters, to me, were relatively innocent. The counter-argument, though, that I really enjoyed, because I wouldn't be able to make it, was a group of women who have big boobs who say, well, having big boobs isn't inherently sexualized because I have big boobs and the only reason it's sexualized is because you are sexualizing it. So I feel like I want representation. I want women shaped like me in advertising. So now you have a feminist saying that this is sexualized and it's disgusting and it's offensive. And then you have a woman with the same body type saying that, is offensive to me because that's my body type. It's natural. I can't well, I, you know how much control over it do I have? But this is who my shape. And I don't the only reason it's sexualized is because you make it sexualized. It was very interesting. Because then does the feminist turn around and go, like, I do not support these women in their bodies? It's a very weird circle. It didn't really get resolved because the advertising campaign ended. So all those posters came down. It's come up again. Oh, I didn't write down what ads. (laughs) Anyway, it's from, I saw the ads. Uh, They were, I would actually say more, because they had girls bending over and you could see their, it's not underwear, but it's short shorts underneath like jackets and stuff. So there was certainly a sexual element to it. I think the positioning you could justify saying it was sexual to a degree. It wasn't offensive to me, but again, maybe I just have a higher tolerance for that because I don't care that much. These specific ads that they're complaining about now are in a JR station. JR has guidelines that is not made public about advertising within their stations. This, um, oh, I did write it down. It was just in the middle of my notes. It's called Mahjong Soul, And they did a, like like a, a collaboration with Osaka JR, which is a Japan rail, to make these posters. The guidelines for JR, though, has a committee, and that committee is comprised of both men and women. And so all those people already approved it. So there were women's voices. And this might be part of the argument that they were making. Like, women didn't make these posters. It was all creepy anime men. But actually, women had were on the, the group, the board, the committee that could veto the poster, and they didn't. So it was therefore deemed accept- acceptable. And they're staying. there Again, it's a campaign, so they go away pretty quickly uh i the the people who are complaining about this i do believe they are over sexual like there is a sexual element i i'm I, I think it's fair to admit that but i think they are taking that mentally to an extreme that doesn't exist so it's not like they're wrong but they're extrapolating things that aren't there uh, which may be why i'm not 100 percent in agreement with what they're saying Uh, But I think people find offense in everything at all times because that's just the nature of some people. So this is another revisiting uh, from someone who's appeared in Indian News Japan before. They said just a university student went to the sort of campus for Kodansha. Kodansha in Japan is one of the biggest publishing companies. They publish anime and books and novels and stuff. Uh, It's basically Japan's biggest publisher, so it's not just like a building. They have like a, a several buildings in a campus now. This university student uh, was standing next to a very small fire. So he'd taken some paper and burned it and thrown it on the ground. And this, I assume, was some kind of protest. I'm not 100% sure what was going on. A policeman was walking by, saw the guy, saw the fire, walked over and was like, did you light this fire? And the student basically just said yes and got arrested right away. He had on him a gas burner and an extra cartridge. So he, probably how he started the fire, he had the paper, I don't know if it was crumpled up or not, but took the gas burner and went, and then it sets it on fire, off you go, it's burning. Uh, And then he just like sort of put it on the ground and stood and stared at it. This is the same guy who was arrested last August, who was on Ninja News Japan, because he had taken the time to make gunpowder at home, and was walking in front of the U.S. Embassy and somehow was suspicious enough that he got arrested and searched. So they found the homemade gunpowder, which is illegal to have. Uh, and so he was arrested, for, but again, it was ineffectual. My, my whole point was gunpowder by itself isn't going to do anything to an embassy building. Gunpowder itself, you could throw at someone and if it covered them and then you somehow set them on fire, it would burn them. But if it was all spread out, It would suck, but it's not really going to do you any significant damage. It's like the guy is a domestic terrorist, but he's also ineffectual because he's... like My my image was him throwing the gunpowder at the building and running away, not really understanding how gunpowder works. And then in this case, he wants to like burn stuff to send a message, but then all he does is burn some newspaper he got on the ground, which did no damage to anything and no one was hurt. Okay, so when I get drunk, I want to play video games until I get tired. Then I want to go to sleep. I do not participate in activity. So, like, I, I, I'm not one of those people who gets drunk and gets like high energy. Maybe it's what I drink. Maybe it's my, my my like physical chemistry or something. But I'm a low key drunk. Like, the drunker I get, the quieter I get. I'm a pretty quiet dude on on a normal day. Uh, but I get more and more low key until I'm basically you can't tell if I'm conscious or not. Uh, I don't get boister- The boisterous time I get everyone gets it uh, is short before I want to sit down and just like chill out. Uh, Maybe when I was younger, I was more enthusiastic about existence. Now, if I start drinking and I start to relax, I just want to sit silently and uh, be happy. If you are Takatoshi Kitamura, who is a uh, government official, you get drunk with your friends, you go to a high school reunion. He said he had three or four drinks and a draft beer. So maybe for him, that was a lot. Three or four drinks for me is like starting. I don't drink beer, but that's just another drink. He gets on the train to go home after drinking with his high school reunion friends and has a really good time. And then he like grabs onto the bar that you that the, the little ropes and, and things you hang onto for stability. You grab that and you start busting out some chin-ups. Ah! You grab that and start busting out some chin ups uh, because you know it's always the right time for fitness. There was, there were no complaints. So like the train station didn't receive any complaints, but then someone had a video, and I guess someone figured out that this was a relatively famous guy, as in he worked for the government. And so they posted it online and then he got in trouble. So of course, now he has to apologize. It was inappropriate, this is his apology. It was inappropriate and contrary to good manners in my position as a public figure. I sincerely apologize to the residents of the prefecture and others concerned. Which I'm sorry, if busting out chin-ups It's, yeah, I'd look at someone doing that. I've seen it on the train in Japan a couple of times. Every time I've been like, what are you doing, you idiot? Like, this is a dumb place to do that. It's not the right place, but I don't care. And I bet most of the people who saw it didn't care. They're just making fun of this guy for doing chin-ups while drunk. Uh, He goes on to say, I don't remember why I did the chin-ups. And I can tell you why. Upper body strength. You wanna build that upper body strength, you wanna get strong, you wanna get the, the pecs and the shoulders and maybe some nice lats. You wanna fill it out, that's why you do chin ups and your b- drunk brain was like, we got fuel, we got energy, let's, let's work it, let's do it you know, hardcore. Of course this made everyone look into his background which I actually brought up something a student had said to me which I didn't believe. So I wanted to look into it a little more but this actually proves well, basically it was true. They found a 15 year old blog post. So that's how far back they went. So when you get in trouble anywhere, I guess on the internet, they go through all your history and try to find anything wrong you've said, which is making me very concerned because I have a ton of dumb things I've said online uh, from these podcasts and stuff. Maybe I should just start deleting old things. But they went back to a 15-year-old blog post. He admitted to driving drunk, uh, not regularly, but more than one occasion. But then he said this was pre-2002 before they tightened up the rules. And one of my students has said to me in a class that she has driven her... Oh, she got in a car with her friend who was drunk. And I was like, oh my God, that's a big deal. And she was like, oh no, back then it was legal. So pre-2002 is when they tightened it up. You go back another 10 years, it was basically okay to get drunk and drive a car in Japan. And then it got accidents and stuff and got stricter and stricter and stricter. Now, it's like most countries where you cannot be drunk, you cannot drive. So anyways, back to this, this politician who was busting out some chin ups, which again, I offensive, you know, the way that it's annoying, but not offensive enough for me to care about. Uh, they were like, what are you going to do now? They were criticizing him over this old blog post where he said he, he drove drunk. But again, if it was legal at the time, I mean, yeah, we can judge him by our current you know standards, but I'm starting to think like, ah, uh, you do have to take the time frame into account. If something was legal and you did it, and then like later it became illegal and you stopped, you followed the law, it's pretty hard to be super critical of that. Uh, anyways, uh, he said he intends to stop drinking, which I have to say is almost an overreaction, but at the same time, probably a good idea for this guy. But now he's going to miss out on all those like gains. Two-week winter vacation is coming up. I may or may not be able to make more podcasts over those two weeks. Depends how busy I am with family and things like that. So there may be a Spartan Ninja News Japan over the next two weeks. There may not be. But we will be back in three weeks on a regular schedule. In January, in the new year, uh, worst case scenario. Otherwise, have a good Christmas. Have a good uh, holiday, Hanukkah. Anything you celebrate, have a good new year. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Be happy. Uh, I love you so much.